0: Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Lately we've had a lot of cold weather, uh, not a lot of snow, uh, but uh, I can remember when I was a kid, we would get a snow and uh, we would, you remember how when you wake up in the morning and the snow is out there, it's just perfect it's unblemished untarnished and then you walk across and then it's marred you know so i can remember uh when i was a kid my brother maybe went out before me and i would step in the the places where he had walked uh, maybe to keep it looking good or sometimes just for for the uh i don't know i was bored or something so i would do that but uh i would step in the steps where he had stepped <clears throat> as god's people We need to follow in Jesus' steps. Uh, We need to take the path that he takes. Uh, Follow the lifestyle that he lived. Now, it won't look exactly the same in all the particulars, but uh, this is what we're called to do. We're called to follow God in obedience even when things are difficult. Um, I can remember... When I was 10 years old, my parents uh, decided my dad uh, was feeling called to preach, and uh, he was a, a staff member at a big church, uh, and decided to take a two-thirds cut in pay to go pastor a small country church. Um, and I can remember the struggle, just kind of the, the that my parents had to adjusting to the new place, and... And the difficulty that they had. But you know what I I believe in my heart? I believe that God blessed their faith. Uh, Matter of fact, one of the things that happened there at that new place was I came to faith in Christ. Uh, So I will always consider that to be a special place for me. Uh, Following in Jesus' footsteps sometimes means following uh, the path of difficulty. Now Jesus has just finished uh, describing the fact that he is headed for the cross. Uh, He is going to suffer. He is going to die. Um, And so now he turns his attention to the disciples, and he begins to give them instruction. He says, I want you to follow in my footsteps. I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Uh, denying ourselves means to give up anything that would stand in the way of our obedience to Christ. Taking up our cross means to die to anything that stands between us and obedience to God. It means obeying God despite the consequences, if, even if it were to mean death. And there are some people uh, in various parts of the world who have to make that very decision each and every day. Yes, I will serve Christ even if I die uh, for the sake of it. I believe it was Henry Blackaby I heard one time share how he had gone uh, to this foreign country and to minister in this small congregation. Uh, There was, I think he said, about 25 people there. And he said he was just just encouraging them, and they'd undergone great persecution. He said two weeks later he heard that two-thirds of that congregation had been killed by the authorities. Uh, There are places that that face this very thing. We may not be called upon to give our life for Christ, but we may be called to give up something else in order to be obedient to Christ. So uh, that's what taking up your cross is. And of course, following him just means to follow in obedience to his commands. So we are all called as believers, and we need to uh, take up our cross, uh, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus Christ, on a daily basis, as a daily decision of our lives. So the time of my message is following Jesus' footsteps. Look at verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to come with me, uh, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. What is a man benefited if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of his Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Following Jesus' footsteps. Why should we follow In Jesus footsteps when we do he gives us first of all his life he gives us his life if you look at verse 24 he says whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life because of me will save it what's he talking about there he's saying when you make this decision to deny yourself take up your cross and follow me Uh, It may look on the surface like you're giving your life. Uh, There may be some sacrifice. There may be some difficulty. But let me tell you what's really going to happen. As you do these things, some of which may be hard, you're going to find that you begin to walk with me in a different way. You're going to find that you have this abundant life that you may have heard of, but now you're walking in it. Jesus said, I came that they might have life. And might have it abundantly. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." Uh, I think of uh, Mary Magdalene, and in, in the life that she lived, uh, she was um, some believe a, a prostitute. She had seven demons that inhabited her body. Uh, she was somebody who was broken. She was somebody who, who was uh, going through the, the difficulties of life, but she met Jesus, and when she met Jesus, everything changed. Uh, she went from, from a lifestyle of sin to a lifestyle of serving Christ. Uh, she went from somebody who was looked down upon to somebody who had uh, a respectable position and even was given the honor of being the first to see Jesus alive. Uh, she, uh, she was given, uh, the blessing of walking with Christ, the blessing of supporting his ministry and having a role in people's lives being changed. Uh, Jesus allowed her to experience his life. And, and, and I'll say this, the women in the gospel story, uh, stuck with Jesus to the end, the disciples all left, but you have, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, Salome. Uh, and uh, I believe it was uh, Mary the mother of James uh, the three ladies uh, and and some uh, one of the gospels mentions uh, Mary Magdalene as well and so uh, you have these ladies going with Jesus to the cross now they 're here and they 're present eventually John uh, the beloved disciple comes and joins them but but the women stay with them and and you see this this commitment to Christ this this um, denying of themselves and endangering themselves for the sake of their love for Christ. They said, we will not bow or turn back from our Savior. We're going to stay with him till the end. And uh, because of this, uh, they had some special blessings. And uh, uh, what a day of joy when Mary Magdalene first saw Jesus Christ. And uh, she's, uh, they've taken away my Lord. They're, what? You are him? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, can you imagine the joy that must have filled her heart? Uh, but that wasn't where it stopped. Because she was following Jesus, uh, the Bible says that the disciples and the women were gathered together on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God came, when they saw that mighty work of God. Why? Because they chose to deny themselves, take up their cross follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus gives us his life when we deny ourselves. That's why we should follow him. Also, uh, we should follow him because he gives us his approval. So first of all, his life. Secondly, his approval. Now, it's couched in a little different terms here uh, in the terms of disapproval, but the opposite is implied. Look at verse 26. Whoever is ashamed of me, And my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and his holy angels. Now, Jesus saying, you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. What a a tragedy to get to heaven and have Jesus be ashamed of you. Uh, But uh, he says the opposite of that is, if you speak up for Christ and you stand for Christ, he will approve of you. He will not be ashamed of you. Uh, I love those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Won't that be a wonderful thing one day to hear those words said as we serve Christ here in this life and um, we get to heaven. Um, Recently, Phil Robertson said some words that uh, caused a stir in the media. He gave his opinion. The opinion that... The Bible holds as well that homosexuality is sin. Uh, it's not just homosexuality that's sin, by the way, but adultery is sin, premarital sex is sin. Uh, I mean, you could give a whole, whole list of sins that the world would probably not be too excited about you saying. But um, A&E got all bent out of shape because Phil Robertson gave his opinion about homosexuality. And they suspended him from the show. I've since heard that they put him back on the show. I guess they heard all the complaints and they heard the uh, uh, pressure and thought, hmm, I might be seeing some dollar signs go away. So they began, they went ahead and invited him back. But you know, sometimes when you take a stand for Christ and when you're honest about your your belief in Christ, your belief in His Word, you're going to take some heat in this world. There's some people that just do not like. Biblical Christianity. Uh, They want everyone to fall in line with what the world says. But we do not live for the approval of the world. We live for God's approval. So we're to deny ourselves. What would uh, Phil Robertson be denying himself? Millions of dollars. Uh, To take up his cross and follow him. And I heard... uh, a couple of days after it happened i was listening to the radio and heard that uh, they had let a british reporter come to a bible study that he was holding and he said i am not planning on apologizing i have stated my belief in the lord and and i'm not going to apologize for it uh and he stood his ground you know i respect that there's all kinds of pressure on him to do the other thing they they were calling him vile and despicable i mean all kinds of adjectives just because he had the audacity to stand up and say right is right and wrong is wrong i hear people say well you know he should have said it a different way well, i'm gonna tell you something at least he's saying something amen i mean there are too many christians being quiet out in this world uh, we need to stand we need to be willing to deny ourselves if it means losing a friendship. If, if it means losing employment, if it means losing uh, our life for the sake of Christ, we need to live in such a way that we're following in our master's footsteps. Now, Jesus loved people. Jesus wasn't rude to people. Jesus, Jesus didn't badger people, um, but he did speak the truth. And sometimes when Jesus spoke the truth, people didn't like it. The Pharisees were one of the the groups that did not like it. The Sadducees really didn't like him either. Uh, He spoke the truth, and the truth confronted them with their sin. But then there were other people who heard him gladly. You know, there's a lot of people out there who would be glad to hear the truth. They would be excited. They would be thrilled. Can you remember the time when Jesus touched your heart when somebody shared the gospel? And you were convicted of your sin and you were uh, drawn to faith in christ and and you made that decision what a joyous wonderful thing took place because someone had the courage to speak the truth deny yourself take up your cross and follow jesus we need to do that so that we will have christ's approval uh, there may be uh, Christians who misunderstand us sometimes when we serve God. That may be the hardest thing. Sometimes when God uses you to do something, other other people misunderstand it. Did you know that if you serve Christ, not everybody's going to be pleased with you? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how kind you are. Somebody will find fault with something. That's just the nature of things. It's, um, but really, that's not why we're in it. We're in it for his approval. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So, uh, we follow in Jesus' footsteps. Why? Because he gives us life. He gives us his approval. And thirdly, he gives us his perspective he gives us his perspective look at verse 27 i tell you the truth there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of god now this is one of those verses where looking at the context helps you understand a whole lot what he's talking about um, they were seeing the kingdom of god Now, now they were seeing the kingdom of God actually in the words of Jesus. They were seeing it in the healing ministry of Jesus. They were seeing it in the exorcism of of demons. Jesus was showing his rule, his authority, his kingdom. Uh, He had authority over disease. He had authority over the enemy. He had authority in all these ways. But Jesus is speaking about something specific here. Uh, He's speaking about the transfiguration. And Peter, James, and John had already begun a little bit of this, denying themselves, taking up their cross, and following Jesus, right? Because he had just asked them to go out on ministry. He said, don't take a, a a staff or an extra change of clothes and you know extra provisions. You just go, you obey God, and you trust God to provide. That's a little bit of denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus, isn't it? Um, and so, Jesus, it, on the heels of this, which which would have been a hard teaching for them to... to hear and to wrap their minds around because they were expecting the Messiah to be this world ruler who would conquer their enemies, and they were expecting to rule with Jesus at that time. Now, what Jesus is doing in the transfiguration is he is showing them just a little glimpse. He's kind of peeling back the curtain just a little bit to let them see That though the path of suffering is something that Jesus is headed toward, and it's something he's calling them to, there's something more beyond that suffering. And so Peter, James, and John go up on the hill with Jesus, and suddenly Jesus is transfigured before them. They begin to see Jesus shining in his glory. And Moses and Elijah show up and they're, <laughs> they're shining too. You know, it's a, it's a shiny event. And uh, they are all just amazed and, and afraid. And, you know, Peter asked the Lord, let's build three tents. You know, they're, they're scared. They don't know what to do. They've never seen anything like this before in their life. It, it, it's so amazing. And Jesus is giving them a glimpse of his glory. Why? Because he wants them to remember it. Because in the time of suffering, in the time of self-denial, in the time of taking up your cross, in the time of following Jesus when it's unpleasant, you need to keep your eyes on the future glory. Because this life is not all there is. One day, we don't know what day, one day, God the Father will give the command. And he'll pull out his trumpet, and he'll blow the trumpet. And the archangel will kick the angels into gear, and and Jesus will shout, and he'll come back. That's our future glory. We'll be caught up together with him in the air. But then, uh, eventually, Jesus will come and rule and reign upon this earth, and then eventually, rule and reign for all eternity in the new heaven, new earth in new jerusalem you see this life is just a blip on the radar just a blink and it's gone but eternity is forever difficulty hardship denying yourself taking up your cross following jesus that's temporary (laughs) glory is eternal jesus said if you give a cup of water in my name You will not lose your reward. Evidently, Peter took these words to heart. In his epistle, his letter of 1 Peter, he says, uh, when you're going through this suffering, remember, we have an imperishable, undefiled, and unfading inheritance right now being kept in heaven for us. You ever thought about that? When you serve Christ, you get treasure in heaven. We talked about this verse in Sunday school this morning. Jesus said this, he said, Rejoice when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets are before you. Jesus said when you start getting persecuted, get excited. When people start misunderstanding what you're doing, get excited. When people are lying about you, get excited. When people are treating you the wrong way, get excited why because you have an eternal inheritance right now being kept for you that's perspective isn't it when i was in the military they they talked to us about um investing our money and you know we're pretty young and they said well you know if you invest twenty dollars a month and and you wait and you allow that money to gain interest uh at, at the end of your time you can have a good nest egg uh, to retire on. Uh, and the idea was just be patient, uh, do with a little less now so that you can enjoy the benefits later. That's what we do is we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. It's not just denial, it's denial with an eye to what's yet to come. Philippians said it this way of Jesus. It says, for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And because of this, God has exalted his name above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see, Jesus saw the glory. Jesus saw what was yet to come. Jesus, I believe he saw you and me. The Bible says that in Isaiah 53 that he looked, uh, he saw his descendants, and he was satisfied. Jesus looked beyond the cross to the glory yet to come. Oh, what it will be one day when we see his face and we see, well done, thou good and faithful servant, come into the joy of the Lord. We need to deny ourselves. Pick up our cross and follow him. Why? Because as we do, Jesus gives us perspective. There's also a perspective of sharing in his suffering. Um, Paul said, I, I want to know Christ and, and the, the uh, power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I, I always kind of got excited. I want to know Christ the power of his resurrection. I kind of like that. And, then, and the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm not too sure I like that. What was Paul talking about? Well Paul ought to know. I mean he, he went through suffering, didn't he? He was, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was jailed, he, he, he was left for dead. I mean they thought they had stoned him, they thought he was dead. they left and went back to the city and God revived him. Um, he went through some suffering, but he said, he said, "My experience with suffering for Christ hasn't dampened my spirit. Instead it's helped me to understand maybe just a little bit. What my Savior went through, out of His love for me. I've entered the fellowship of His sufferings. I think it also involves this fellowship of His suffering involves Jesus drawing near to us in those times of suffering. I heard a story about the three missionaries who were over in, in, uh, in imprisoned over in one of the Muslim countries, and and one of them when they were interviewed, uh, said, I've never felt as close to Jesus as I felt in the moment of that imprisonment. It was as though Jesus was right there with me. That's the fellowship of his sufferings. So we we, we gain some understanding about Christ. We, we uh, have a special ministry of God that where he ministers to us in the midst of our struggle. Uh, <clears throat> But we also have the perspective of this is not all there is. Um, Praise God. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You see, when we deny ourselves and we take up our cross and we follow him, he gives us his perspective. So, let me me point out um, a couple of things. Jesus in the transfiguration, the voice comes from the cloud, verse 35. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. He's talking about obedience, right? In case you didn't just get what he said about denying yourself, take up your cross, and follow him, I'm going to emphasize it. I'm going to put an exclamation point behind it so that you'll never forget it. This is my son. Listen to him. Follow in his footsteps. Be obedient to him, uh, even when it's difficult. Look at the the next scripture. Uh, The disciples can't cast out the demons. And look at... uh, Verse 41, Jesus replies, you unbelieving and rebellious generation or perverse generation, one that turns aside, uh, how long will I be with you and put up with you? And then Jesus heals and casts out the demon. Jesus saying, hey, my kingdom's here. You need to trust me, to obey me, to follow me. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Who is he talking about? The disciples. He said, you still hadn't got it. You remember what I said about denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following? You still hadn't got it. Let me say it again. So Jesus says it, then the Father says it, then Jesus says it again. He's saying, listen, get this. Don't forget it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. It's not really a popular teaching, but it is the truth. As you follow Jesus, he will bless you with his life, he'll bless you with his perspective, uh, and he'll bless you uh, with his sustaining power in the midst of trouble uh, and his approval when you get to heaven. Are you following him? Are you denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him as his child? If you are, I can guarantee you one thing, you're going to grow. You'll grow in your walk with God. You will experience the Lord in a relationship with Him in a more close way. You will see God to begin to do things in your life that you never thought you'd see. Why? Because He begins, like we were talking about this morning, He begins to live through your life. And He accomplishes a great work. <clears throat> Each and every one of us has an opportunity every single day to follow Jesus. Are you following him? If not, I'm going to ask you here to come to the altar uh, during this time of invitation. And I'm going to ask you to uh, just commit yourself anew and fresh. You just come to the altar and say, Lord, I want to choose today. I've been, I've been living for number one. I want to choose today to lay it down and say, Lord, I'm choosing to deny myself. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever you're calling me to do, I'm choosing to do it. I'm I'm choosing to take up my cross and follow you. If you don't know Jesus, I think we're probably all home folks here. who probably know Jesus, but uh, you need to be a Christian. You need to receive the gift of salvation to uh, experience these blessings in your life. and Part of that is a surrender to, to Jesus Christ. It's called repentance and receiving his salvation by faith. As you do that, God, you'll be taking that first step and denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him. I pray that you'll do that. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We ask, Lord, that you would have your way in each of our hearts and lives.